Welcome to Marketing Tales with Chris Raposo, a podcast created to spotlight and highlight marketers, tell their stories, and share their knowledge with those interested in all things marketing. If you're interested in more than just the cut and dry strategies and tactics and want to learn more about the human side of his guests and how they got to where they are today, then this show is for you. Can we discuss some common pitfalls or mistakes marketers make in their email marketing campaigns and how can they avoid them? Yeah, so um, I would say some of the common pitfalls for email marketing is for sure over communication. Um, I touched on this a little bit before, but basically if you're communicating too much to your clients, you're gonna start seeing them start pulling back. They're not gonna wanna open the emails. They're gonna hit unsubscribe. Over communication is definitely, I think, a mistake that a lot of people make. They just, you know, they'll get a request, send this email out now, send this email, send this email without taking a step back and looking at a content calendar and be like, we just sent out an email yesterday or we just sent an email this morning, you know, being able to kind of put your foot down and say, we need to hold back a little on how much we're communicating with our customers so that we're not annoying them and we're not losing them. And then uh, I think another pitfall that sometimes happens as a marketer is you kind of you'll find something that works for you and your company and you'll keep doing that without really testing new things you know everything's constantly changing in marketing in the world and we got to continue trying and learning new things so that we don't bore our audiences we want to keep them on their toes we want to keep them excited and keep them opening what's working so always trying new things here and there to see what will work for your audience Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Tales Show with Chris Raposo. I am your host, Chris Raposo, as I just said, and I have my guest here, Jenna Salerno. Jenna, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Chris. So, Jenna, I did a little bit of research on you and your education, on your work experience, so I could prepare for this interview and some of the questions. So I noticed that you have a BA in English from Florida Atlantic University, and you recently worked at my alma mater, the University of Florida online, and you are now the customer marketing manager at GPS Track It. So how did you get into marketing in the first place? And what do you love about it? Yeah, so um, I was definitely one of those people in high school that had no clue what I wanted to do after graduating. And I kind of, you know, when applying to colleges, I was like, let me think of like my favorite courses, which I've always been more of like the creative type of person into the arts, like literature and stuff like that. So I decided to apply for an English degree. I got in the program, always thinking that I'd probably switch at some point and wound up really just loving learning more about literature and writing. And once I got to my latter years of my degree, I was like, okay, what's the next step? And marketing was one of those options. So I decided to do an internship uh, during my junior or senior year and basically really enjoyed writing blogs, creating social media posts, things like that. And from there, just kind of sprung into working at different marketing places, eventually working at UF Online and now here at GPS Track It. But um, I would say my favorite thing about marketing is definitely the storytelling aspect, since I enjoy being a storyteller and having a background in English. It's for sure something that I'm more skilled at and every company needs someone who can tell stories. So having someone that can actually write clearly, being able to tell different brand stories is something that I truly enjoy. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And uh, we 
you briefly touched and I touched on that you worked at UF Online, and this is where we initially met. Mm -hmm. um, you were the marketing manager there, but let's focus on uh, GPS Track It a little bit and tell us about the company and tell us about your role there as customer marketing manager. Yeah, so GPS Track It is a telematics company. They've been in the telematics industry for over 20 years, and uh, they really focus on fleet management solution technology. So anything from like asset trackers to vehicle trackers, we have a really cool online platform where it shows like a map of the United States and it will show where your vehicles are. So it's really great for fleet companies and uh, field service companies who need to track their various vehicles and their various assets at all times. One of the cool things we have is a product called VidFleet. So it's basically like a video camera in the vehicle and it will record the driver. So if the driver's falling asleep, it will notify the fleet manager that they're falling asleep or they're texting or things like that. So it'll automatically let them know through the platform and then the fleet manager can you know, contact the driver, make sure everything's safe and sound with all that stuff. So basically a lot of like safety management with our products and it's a great solution for anyone who has field services or fleet management type of needs. Camera on the driver, that'll keep them honest. Yes, yeah, definitely. And as the customer marketing manager there, so uh, GPS Track It has an awesome marketing team. They've done a great job handling both the perspective journey and the customer journey. But last year, GPS Track It was like, we really want to get someone on board who can mainly focus on that customer journey so that the um, marketing team can also focus on creating new leads and, you know, handling sales type of things. So um, that's where I came in, and I've been with the company since November 2022, really been enjoying it. I focus mainly on a lot of just the customer communications from the customer newsletter, um, also like rebranding some of the customer communications from the different departments to make sure everything is in sync and on brand, and a lot of email marketing. So that's kind of what this discussion brings us today. Yes, exactly. When we pre-planned this interview, you told me that you enjoyed email marketing. So we'll, we're going to focus on this. Um, let's just dive right into it. What, what are the key elements that make up an effective email marketing campaign? So uh, some of the key elements that really make up an effective email marketing campaign, of course, is an intriguing subject line. You're not going to open an email if that subject line does not catch your attention. So you need to have like an intriguing subject line, um, content that's short and simple and easy to digest for the customer or the person receiving the email. No one wants to sit here and read like an eight paragraph email. Um, and we all know we've gotten one of those before. So <laughs> it's definitely not something that people want to see when they have so many other emails coming in their inbox. And also just ensuring that you're communicating something that's relevant to the recipient. You know, if you want them to open it, you want to make sure that it's something that isn't wasting their time, that it's relevant to them and that they're going to be interested in it. So um, another, I would say probably one of the key elements that I'm going to talk about a lot in this uh, interview is over communicating too, making sure you're just not over communicating people uh, with an email marketing campaign. If you're going to have like 10 emails within an email marketing campaign, make sure you take a step back and say, okay, how much are we emailing our clients? Um, what other communications are they getting? And how can we spread those communications out so that we're not oversaturating them with so much content? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do a little bit of email marketing and I, we have one newsletters. So that's basically mm -hmm. filled with our monthly blog posts and some other webinar invites and such. Um, what, what kind of content works best in email marketing campaign? Can you share some tips on how to create an engaging and compelling content within that email? Yeah. So um, some of the content that I find that works best is definitely uh, content that is exciting and interesting to the client or customer. And also um, I find like putting in media and emails really helps, you know, people don't really want to read. We're in this era where people just want to go on social media and watch a five second video and just keep scrolling like through TikTok or Instagram. So being able to kind of insert some type of media into your email that will catch that recipient's attention so that they can sit and watch a video that maybe instead if you didn't have the video you probably would have had two more paragraphs of content instead put those two paragraphs of content in a video in an infographic and some type of motion graphic so it catches their attention more are things that i've really found work well in uh email content that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of, i like videos personally i i usually either do video or podcast is how i consume um, reading, if it's like a huge block of text, I'm like kind of turned off. Yeah. Um, I, I only read it if somebody, if it's from somebody I'm really, really interested in. Mm -hmm. So you touched on the subject lines earlier. How do you create a high converting email subject line? And what are some of the examples of subject lines that worked well in the past for you? Yeah. So subject lines to me is something that's ever changing, constantly learning more about. Um, it's a lot of trial and error. So we do a lot of A-B testing with our email subject lines to see what's working best because uh, it's hard to tell. You know, you're like I mentioned before, you're sending emails to people and they're receiving emails from so many different companies. You know, they have subscriptions to different media platforms, to businesses, this and that. So you're competing with all that in their inbox. So you want to have something that really sticks out. And I found, you know, a lot of people use like emojis, things like that to try to catch your attention instead of the one line sentence or something, um, some personalization with like having the customer's first name in it. Um, but for me, one of the things I've been trying recently is just like having one word. So I think uh, an example of something we did recently was for our customer newsletter. It was like a uh, promotion for the customers. If they will share their story with us, they'll get a couple of months of service free. And um, so I did like your story plus GPS track it equals money savings for you. And that actually, when we did the AB testing, it converted more than the other subject line, which was like avoid, uh, I think road accidents or something for Memorial Day, something different. So I've just been doing a lot of like a more risky, a more interesting, intriguing subject line, and then like a more safe subject line to see which ones actually convert more. And um, it's been interesting to see. So just having subject lines that are that stand out and also that are relevant to what you're communicating, what's relevant to the customer, something that they're going to want to open up. Yeah, you just said just trying something that's more risky that's brought me to some idea that I just had. It's like, um, Subject line, don't open this email using reverse <laughs> psychology and see yes. how it works. <laughs> I love that. I got to try that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we discuss some common pitfalls or mistakes marketers make in their email marketing campaigns and how can they avoid them? Yeah. So um, I would say some of the common pitfalls for email marketing is for sure 
over communication. Um, I touched on this a little bit before, but basically if you're communicating too much to your clients, you're going to start seeing them start pulling back. They're not going to want to open the emails. They're going to hit unsubscribe. So ensuring that, you know, if you have different departments, you might have a billing department, a customer support department, and um, you're also as the marketing team, you know, communicating these main general marketing promotions or newsletter type of content. You want to make sure that you're keeping those things in mind that other departments are communicating with your customers. And if they're getting too much communication from that specific company, they're going to start getting annoyed and frustrated because they're getting communications from all these other co companies. So um, over communication is definitely, I think, a mistake that a lot of people make. They just, you know, they'll get a request, send this email out now, send this email, send this email without taking a step back and looking at a content calendar and be like, we just sent out an email yesterday or we just sent an email this morning, you know, being able to kind of put your foot down and say, we need to hold back a little on how much we're communicating with our customers so that we're not annoying them and we're not losing them. And then uh, I think another pitfall that sometimes happens as a marketer is you kind of, you'll find something that works for you and your company and you'll keep doing that without really testing new things. You know, everything's constantly changing in marketing in the world and we got to continue trying and learning new things so that we don't bore our audiences. We want to keep them on their toes. We want to keep them excited and keep them opening what's working. So always trying new things here and there to see what will work for your audience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that over-communicating is key. Um, I signed up to an email newsletter from a big marketing company. And at first I was super excited about their emails, but then they kept coming in, coming in, coming in. And yeah. even though it's such rich information, I'm almost desensitized. Now I see them, I'm like, uh, I'm, I can't read this. So I yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have a few that I'm subscribed to like that too. <laughs> yeah. So how should businesses manage their email lists to maximize engagement and minimize unsubscription besides the point that you just made? Yeah. So, um, Email lists are extremely important. You want to make sure if you don't have some type of automation in place that removes uh, certain people from your email list automatically, like if I canceled my service with a specific company, you don't want that person on your email list and keep saturating them with a newsletter or this or that. So just making sure that you're checking, even if you have some type of automation in place, just checking to make sure that everything is up to date because every once in a while things you know fall off the rails so you want to make sure that everything's uh continued and connected and also just ensuring that um you know when you're creating email lists that it's going to the right audiences that mm -hmm. you do some type of segmentation and things like that so that you're not just sending every single communication to every audience uh an example is we have like a you know, bid fleet product where we're sending out a promotion to customers who don't have that product yet. So we don't want to send that to like all our customers since some of our customers do have this product. So we just want to make sure that we're segmenting those customers that have it out and just sending it to those who don't have it. So things like that, that you're actually making sure that your email lists are relevant to the emails you're sending so that you don't have people clicking unsubscribe and they actually will be interested in the things you're sending. Cause most of the time people hit unsubscribe because it has nothing to do with them and they don't care about it and they don't want to see it anymore. Yes, I agree. I, I've done that a couple of times. Sometimes I receive emails from companies that I thought, I think I didn't even sign up for. <laughs> and then I try to unsubscribe or sometimes there is no unsubscribe button. So the next action is to hit that spam button. Yes. 
Yeah, no, I, it's definitely best practice. And I thought it was a law somewhere that you have to have some type of unsubscription option on your emails. Um, I for sure like the option to have like an unsubscribe page where it shows the different types of emails that you can unsubscribe from instead of hitting unsubscribe to all because if you just have that button you're going to lose people really quick. Mm -hmm. So uh, for sure having some type of unsubscribe options is best for people. Yeah, and you briefly touched on segmentation. How can segmentation and personalization be utilized to improve the effectiveness of an email marketing campaign? You also touched on personalization earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so segmentation is something that I really like, but I know for a lot of marketers, you know, you're busy, you got so many different projects. Segmentation takes time. You know, you have to go through, you have to field out which customers of specific groups that you need to put into a list, put the list together, upload it, do all those things. It could be a lot of work, but at the end of the day, I really think there's a lot of reward in that because you're going to have less unsubscribers and you're going to be reaching the right people. So you're more likely to have some type of conversion there. So um, for sure, I've been doing a lot more segmentation. Like an example is we did segmentation, a customer newsletter we recently had where we mentioned a podcast that we were having it was specific to field service industries so we did one version that mentioned this podcast and another version that didn't mention it and it went to all the rest of the customers and we only sent the field services version to the field service customers and it was interesting to see kind of how the interaction was between those two different emails where you actually had the field service customers clicking through more checking out the podcast things like that um, and knowing that it's more relevant to them. Whereas if we send it to all our customers, there's a huge group of people there that wouldn't have cared about the podcast. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely I recommend segmentation and personalization. You know, when, like I was mentioning before, we're competing with all these different emails. So we want to make sure that people feel like, you know, you're being reached out to, you don't want to feel like a robot just sending you spam emails all day. So having some type of personalization, whether it's dynamic content, like pulling in sales reps information, since each person has their own sales rep or whatever the case is, having their first name in the email, things like that, just to make it feel a little more personalized, like more effort went into it than just a kind of generic computerized email that doesn't really feel at all related or friendly from the company. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes I get these fake personalized emails where the personalized script is uh, bolded within the email. So I know it came from a template. So I already feel <laughs> from that one. Um, you talked about the click-throughs. How does one measure the success of an email marketing campaign? What are some of the metrics marketers should focus on? Yeah, so uh, for me, I really, when I look at metrics, you know, I feel like a lot of people, they expect to have very high rates and uh, high metrics, you know, starting off, but, you know, coming into any company that's either been doing a lot of email marketing or maybe hasn't, you have to look at the metrics that you've they've gotten in the past and kind of work from there. You can't expect to jump, you know, 50% overnight. It's going to take some work and just trial and error. So for sure, um, for me working with metrics, I look at, you know, what we've had in the past and each month kind of track that of like open rates, click uh, to open ratio, opt out rates and click through rates to see those to me, those metrics are really what stands out. Also, unsubscription rates, you want to make sure those aren't too high. Uh, those metrics really, to me, are kind of the tellers of if we're doing 
good. And if we're not doing good, maybe if it went down a little one month, we need to refigure out, like, was it the timing when we sent it during the month? Was it the time of day? Things like that. You know, our customer range is all over the country. So also keeping in mind that people are in different time zones and you need to keep maybe segment your audiences that you send, you know, West Coast at a separate time and East Coast at a separate time. So things like that um, are metrics that I always keep in mind when I'm reviewing those. Yeah, that's a good point. I never even thought about that. We have customers all across the United States and Canada, and I never thought about segmenting them by the the states if they're on the West Coast or East Coast. Mm -hmm. Oh, that should be probably something if I could find the time to do it as a solo marketer. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a lot to go through and see where everyone's located and then split them into lists. Yeah. Have you worked with several email marketing platforms? And is, is there one that's particularly um, useful to you that you prefer and think works best? So uh, I'll admit I haven't worked with many email marketing platforms. I am through and through with Pardot. That's been the one platform that I've worked with pretty much my entire career. Um, and I really, I mean, I like Pardot for sure. It has its flaws. It can use work in some areas, but it, if you work with Salesforce as your CRM, it really integrates nicely and you can pull a lot of stuff and do a lot of things with dynamic content by having that integration with Salesforce. So there's definitely benefits to that, but I do know there's a lot of email marketing platforms out there that are beneficial based on, you know, your company's needs. So it really depends on which kind of needs you have and how you want to use email marketing. Sure. So fun fact about Pardot, the founder of my current company, Hannon Hill, his name is David Cummings. He also founded Pardot and sold it to Salesforce. Really? <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've been in marketing for, for a little bit now. What is one important lesson that you've learned over the course of your marketing career that you can share with the audience? Yeah, so uh, one important lesson that I've learned about marketing is uh, don't let anyone dull your creativity. It could be hard as marketers, you know, getting feedback from different people. And there's different type of feedback. Of course, feedback's always necessary and welcomes, but sometimes when you just constantly receive negative feedback and there's no reciprocation of, oh, this is good, but also do this. Um, it can take a toll on you and for sure wear at your self-esteem as a marketer and be like, am I actually doing you know a good job in my work? But at the end of the day, it's something that I always tell myself is I'm in this role for a reason. You know, I was hired for this role and I'm showing up, I'm doing the work and I'm learning every single day to continue improving and continue being creative and trying new things. And that's what matters. So that would be my message to anyone is never let anyone dull your creativity as a marketer. It's a beautiful message. And it's also important to be part of some sort of a marketing community that you can bounce off ideas of one another. Mm -hmm. Because I recently interviewed a CMO on the show and she said that we should have empathy for the people that are in leadership above us, but that are not marketers because they don't understand it most of the time. Mm -hmm. So if they give you that feedback, not to take it personally, but see it from their perspective that they may not know certain things that you know as a marketer. Yeah. So have empathy and then don't take it personally, right? Leave mm -hmm. your ego at the door. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely something I've learned. My skin has grown a lot thicker uh, the more years I'm in marketing. Um, and that's a really good point there. It, a lot of the time, the people giving you feedback aren't marketers. 
And uh, for sure, there's uh, empathy that needs to be given both ways as people in marketing. So I, I like that. True, exactly. And then my wife always tells me, um, receive the, the feedback gracefully, because if you constantly push back, then, you know, people think, well, this person can't take any feedback. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you may not grow either. So it's a fine line in between. Mm. You have to walk as a marketer. But yeah, definitely get in contact with peers, people, mentors that have been doing it for a while in order to really know, you know, are you on the right path or not? Yeah. Like you just did in a pre- interview and told me that I'm doing a good job and it seems like I've been in marketing longer than I am that was very encouraging to me so thank yeah. you for that and then let's talk about furthering ed educating our or educating ourselves further as marketer what, what what are two books podcasts or other resources that you can recommend to the listeners to dive a little bit deeper into you know the the, the world of marketing yeah. Um, so hopefully mine aren't too generic and probably have been mentioned on your podcast at one point or the other, but uh, I love using HubSpot. That's been a huge place for learning for me. As I mentioned, I got a degree in English, so I didn't really get a marketing degree. I've learned everything while working. Um, so for sure, I've done a lot of education like through HubSpot, of course, like those SEOs, free certifications, things like that. Um, and then also my current manager got me into the marketing brew. So it's kind of a newsletter that has some marketing updates. And I find that pretty interesting and informative to keep me up to date with what's going on in, you know, current marketing society. So um, those are my two resources that I've been into recently. Awesome. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I heard about the HubSpot, um, those blog posts that are really relevant. They're like huge and really in-depth. So mm -hmm. Very helpful. I'm getting those certificates as well. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn learning. Yes, I, yeah. I have that subscription through the University of Florida. So I've, I'm still referring back to that every once in a while to, to yeah. learn about a certain topic. Now, as we close the episode, how can people get in touch with you to either get more advice on email marketing or to learn about your company, GPS Track It? So uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn on my LinkedIn profile. I'm always looking to expand my network and happy to talk with people on there. Um, also, if you want to learn more about GPS Track It, feel free to reach out to me or you can also uh, check out our website, gpstrackit.com. It's very clear, shows like all the cool things that we're doing. And I also highly recommend following our social channels at GPS Track It. Our marketing team does a fantastic job with the content on there. So definitely check it out. Awesome. Jenna, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It was super insightful. I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience learned a lot too. And I just thank you for being a part of it. Thank you so much, Chris. It was great being here. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye.